This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and a warm Royal Blue welcome to the Everton Fan Podcast. You are listening to The View from the Gladys Street show on the Royal Blue channel. And the theme, or shall I say the general mood of this week's recording, has taken a very different turn to, to the one that was expected when the fourth official had raised four minutes remaining on the clock at Goodison Park on Tuesday night. The only two pluses I'm probably going to be able to take from tonight's show is that we have the return to the podcast of Connor Bennett. How are you, how are you Connor? All right, Daniel. I'm good, thank you very much. And we also have the return to the podcast of Gary Callahan. You all right, Gary? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and quite frankly... Lads, I've got no idea where to start, to be honest. Um, do we start with the positives? Do we start with the negatives? Do we just go home and go to the pub <laughs> instead? Um, Connor, we'll start with you first. Just obviously just been chatting a little bit off air there, but just, just sum up how you felt after that last night. Or just go go through the time frame <laughs> of what happened for you. Oh, uh, well, as I say, we were tuning up and that fourth official board went up. And I, as soon as... Nias goes racing through, as everyone has probably now seen on Twitter, that photo of where the ball's five yards from his body. As soon as he hit the ground, I said, right, come on now, this is over, let's go home. Got out the Gladys Street to beat the rush to Kirkdale, and as soon as I got by the William Hill, went 2-1. And I thought, oh my word, are we, like, what's going on here? Like, they must have got a consolation, just hit it forward, and they've scored. Ref surely got to blow the whistle. Absolutely didn't hear the noise from the ground, got to the bottom of that road, and it was 2-2, and... The rest of the walk to the station was just absolute what has just happened there. I genuinely couldn't speak for the next 10 minutes. I was like, I tried to ring my dad and say, what What have you just seen? Like, what's just happened? What have we just done there? And he didn't have an answer either. And I just couldn't believe it until I got home and I seen the two goals. And I just thought, that is Evan. Like, how is no other team in the country that conceded them two goals in 90 seconds? Because that was ridiculous. And it's just, just couldn't believe her. Absolutely couldn't believe her. I mean, Gary, only Everton could put on an utter dominant display of football. Okay, so when I say dominant, you know, we we were more than enough for our for our win, weren't we? Two nil cruising. You know, four minutes to go. Two minutes, two three minutes into that, we can see two goals. Only Everton could do yeah, that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's Everton FC. It's surprising and disappointing you since eighteen seventy eight, really, isn't it? It's just. It's just typical of, of 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 us for the past few years, really. I mean, even since Martinez was in charge, we've we've been a bit of we've had a soft underbelly, haven't we? And I mean, and the overwhelming feeling at the end of the game was it was disappointment. It was it was you know deflation. It it was like how did we how did we do that? But I think overall, if you wake up the next day and you analyse the performance. There was a lot of positives in there. I know the scoreline and the way the scoreline came about took a lot of shine off the performance, but I think we did quite well, to be honest. Um, you know, we started off quite slow, um, but then we grew into the game, and I think Bernard was picking the ball up in good places. Walcott was picking the ball up in good places. You know, Schneiderlin and Delph were solid, if unspectacular, which is all we can expect from them at the minute, really. Um, I think performance-wise, we... You know, Keane got a goal. That that was a, a positive. Uh, like I, I was thinking about it today, and I was trying to think of of it of the positives, and and the performance was a positive. But it's 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 a big chance dropped. It. I mean, we were eighth, weren't we? I think with yeah. with four today's games, and you know, it it is a big chance, sort of missed if you like. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you agree with that, Connor? Like, can we take? 
positive. Well, obviously, we can't take positives from yeah. the performance, but it it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Because, well, people say that it doesn't mean anything because we didn't didn't win the game. Yeah, I think for quite a few number of years now, we've been taking positives out of them sort of results. And as you said, you can take a positive and look like obviously the relief last night when Keane scored was immense. Like, don't like everyone. I think was just buzzing for them to finally get the goal. And then Calvert Lewin finally looking like a goal scorer that we can rely on. And you think that's a really not perfect Everton performance, but as perfect as we've seen this season. But then to capitulate in such a fashion as that is like you look at it and think that's just embarrassing. Like the like it, it sort of wipes everything that's gone before it out of it. And I think you can the manager will probably take positives out of it and the most optimistic of fans will pull out and go, Well, it's really good for ninety two and a half minutes. But if you've still got a minute and a half to play, you've got to be switched on and sorted out and just see it out. Any any other perfect like top level side sees that game out and isn't talking today about oh how do we take positives out of throwing away three points in ninety seconds? But as we've said there, we have we sort of have to because we're in that position now where it's sort of are we really gonna go down? Probably not. Are we gonna compete for Europe? Mathematically we can, but performance like that aren't gonna uh, results like that, sorry shall I say, aren't gonna do it. So do we now just punt this season and hope that we can get to May and then re- reassess and give Ancelotti and Brand the keys to build a team which he needs because he is so hamstrung at the minute by what by what he's got because we seen with them subs last night like the Tom Davis as a winger sub does not work and mm. it, that started under Ferguson against Arsenal and it's happened two or three times now it does it adds barely a centimetre at the minute so it's not going to work out wide Bernard is our with Richarlison is our best player like, he's so clever so good he comes off and fair enough he did look like he was blowing a bit and he, fans got behind him and give him a bit of praise but He's got to stay on the park to finish that game off. And in all fairness to that, what was it like seven or eight minutes left of the game? We haven't got another game for virtually for two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, it's not I, as if like we've got another game. Saturday and it's not like, straight and away. it's not even like we brought Anthony Gordon on to give him an extension of what he showed at West Ham last week. We brought Umani Ash on, hmm. like whose contacts up in the end of the season and doesn't need to play for Everton. So it's like not that I'm blaming him, but like it's 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 mind-boggling that that sort of stuff and substitutions are still happening but that's what that that's the hand and Chelsea's got to work with at the minute well we will come on to the subs whether they contributed to the downfall or not but psychologically Gary it's a blow the result isn't it but in terms of the performance can we can we take the confidence from that how how do you think it's going to play out over the course of the next couple of weeks I mean obviously then you know the next the next home games the next few home games it's if we get 2-0 up and it goes into the last few minutes, That's what I mean. it's, it's gonna be the crowd are gonna be on edge, Andy, which generally fin- filters down to the players. But uh, I mean, I think Ancelotti said after the game that you know these things happen. He was 3-0 up with AC Milan and, and lost the Champions League final. And he said some things in football are out of your control. Um and I agree with him to a point, these things do happen. But I think especially the second goal, that was not out of our control. Someone should have put their head on the ball and got rid of it. And and then, you know, I know it was pinball in the box, but you know what they're gonna do when they get that free kick. They're gonna they're gonna hit the angle, try and win the header and then win the knockdown. Everyone knows what they're gonna do. And I know like Tom Davies, I think it was, who, who jumped for the header and, and kind of got it. in Holgate's way, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it shouldn't it, should, it shouldn't have been I'm not blaming Tom Davies, but it sh- he shouldn't have been there in the first place. It should have been mean or, or Holgate or someone just needs to do anything with it than let it go where it went, you know what I mean? And like 
you, you can talk about earlier in the match and, and how we got there, but that's what counted that. We needed an on-the-pitch leader there to, to just clear that ball or kick it out for another corner or whatever. Just don't let them get it into the danger zone, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think regardless of that, though, as you've just asked in the next few weeks, you know, you go back in, you start training again, and, and as a manager and as players, take the positives out of the performance. I think if we play like that in, in the rest of the season, we'll win more games than we lose, do you know what I mean? As long as if we don't cock it all up at the end. like. But, you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, does it? I know it's football's a funny game, isn't it? It, it can happen to the best teams. And, mm. you know, Newcastle did it to Chelsea the week before as well, didn't they? So I think... I. I I would take the positives out of it. I thought we played well. I thought, you know, Newcastle didn't lay a glove on us for, for 92 minutes. They had one header, I think, that went over the bar and a shot, Shah's shot got blocked by his own player. And other than that, they didn't touch mm. it. It was, a, it was a solid, confident 2-0 win up until those crazy two minutes. So I think we can take the positives for the next for the next games. I mean, in terms of the actual second goal, Conor, Gary says that we should have... Should have been dealt with. We needed a few more leaders, you know, the likes of Mina and stuff like that, as, as mentioned. But do you not think that entire scenario was avoidable in the first place? We had possession of the ball. I was, how did we even get to that point where they've got a free kick on our well on, on, in our from the restart? We kick off, don't yeah, we? Yeah, well, I, I was I was thinking that myself. Like we, we if we've conceded, we've got the ball back. So why they, give, they give it to Delph and he just hoofs it forward he hasn't got enough time for Dominic Carvert-Lewin so or anyone to get up the pitch and it just goes straight to them but why do we not just play Rowans with the back well, 10 exactly. seconds and then when they come on just hit it forwards we played into Newcastle's hands that's right. exactly what they wanted they yeah. wanted a free kick so they it's could hoof, hoof it up and cause chaos in where, the box where did, oh, where did Delph's it go? Did it go for the like towards the throw or no more for the goal kick because if he just oh, did that because you, you left and you, yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. seen it so, and none of the highlights have showed it so what I can remember, we literally kick off. It we literally as as we kick off, we know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to give it to Delph. He hoofs it forward. I think does it go straight to the keeper, to their keeper? Well, either, either way, it goes. It goes to one of their players. They get it. Um, they've got possession of the ball, and we we foul. See, because in that situation, you're thinking must have been what thirty seconds left of stoppage time, something like that. Mm. If we've got to kick off, just play it around the block for ten exactly. seconds. If they come on to us. Drop it in the corner. Don't drop it at the keeper or miss it. Put it in for a throw in as deep as you can. Because by the time you get there, the referee's going to go, right, we've just wasted 20 seconds there. Mm. Either you've got one more hoof to get it forward or he's going to blow the whistle. That, if, as I say, if it, I haven't seen it because on the highlights I've showed it. But if that's what Delph's done, then that's ridiculous from a player who's meant to be like, who's dealt with them situations before. Exactly. Any any other senior player who's got to put the foot on that ball in that situation, just go, let's calm it down now. And then this game's over. We can't mm. give them the ball back in that situation to Which give away exactly a free kick. To give away a free kick in our own half. Even if you're going to do that, you give it to Pickford to give enough time for the strikers exactly. to get up the pitch exactly. and then win something. That's but what I mean. We kept the ball really well throughout the game. Like, yeah. I know in previous weeks, like people have said that you know Mina and, and Holgate have looked a bit under pressure on the ball and stuff. But I thought we kept the ball really well, and, and it wasn't always centre after centre half. It was you know Schneider and Delph were popping it about and then getting it into Bernard and Walcott on, on the half turn in their half and mm. all we had to do was just do that a few more times just just waste like, like Connor just said the last 10-30 seconds yeah N- Newcastle didn't want us to play the ball around the back no. the, because they wouldn't have scored the goal in open play they had just one striker and a winger on the pitch I think and the rest was the f- more or less defensive players mm. if they push up and we knock it behind them the game's gone because mm. they've got to knock it forward and it was around Mirion 
He's tiny. Mm. He's not winning a knockdown, is he, against Minan or Holgate? Absolutely mad. I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's ifs and buts on what might have been, but, you know, what's happened has happened. And, you know, we should be talking about, like, Moise Keane's first Everton goal. We should be talking about, like, Bernard's probably man of the match performance. And the likes of, very surprisingly, the partnership between Snardlin and Delph, how that kind of flourished throughout the whole game. It was solid. Like, it should have been a, two, a routine 2-0 yeah. win. I mean, let's, let's talk about some positives because... We could talk about two minutes of the game for about, you know, an hour. Really, couldn't we? Let's talk about Moise Keane and, you know, his first Everton goal. He looked dangerous, didn't he, from the start? I actually said, um, probably about 10 minutes in, I said, I think he's going to score tonight. He had a couple of scuff, he had a scuff shot, didn't he? Not yeah. a scuff shot, he just oh, yeah. a, a, like a, a low a low effort. Um, but promising display, Gary, do you no, think? I think it was his best performance so far, to be honest. Um, he showed some really good touches. Um, I think it, the one where Bernard got through when Walcott put Bernard through, he, he, that little flick into Walcott, yeah. he done that a few times, um, like one touch. Um, he, he ran at their defence when he got the ball, he held it up well, he scored, he took his goal really well. Um, yeah, it was it was really promising. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it was yes. the same with Calvert-Lewin. I, I'm not fully convinced on him either, but, you know, Ancelotti said after the game he did everything he asked him to, and, and he did look more the part and, and more the player that we signed and and run around like a bit of headless chicken like he has done in a couple of games so yeah it was it was promising yet yeah, it was I, was I gave him my man of the match to be honest to keen yeah yeah fair enough i mean connor's that rejuvenated the idea that he can't be su- su- successful at everton just that display i i, I don't think I, i've never wavered in thinking he's going to be decent i know a lot of people have but i he, he he's got something yeah. like even when like he had them weird performance i always think like bob maybe united he's shown that he's there's, there's a player there and last night he, he terrorised them for about 30 minutes like that one where um, he picked it up inside the halfway line beat two and then turned and he won a foul and you're just thinking right this is going to be his night now like this is a perfect time where he gets one maybe he gets two that one where Walcott flashed it across the box and he was just in behind and I thought maybe the chance has gone for him that was on wasn't it yeah yeah when that happened though when he missed it, it went I past, it went past him and Calvillo <laughs> and I, I thought the exact same thing this is, is going to be one of them nights and then his goal isn't the greatest. We'll not. Ne- we'll not talk about. He nearly. He's nearly messed it up himself. We'll, we'll he not, did scuff it. <laughs> we'll not talk about it for goal this season contention. But like I said to me, mate, he's one of them players who I think just needs to see the ball at the back of the net. And once he does, he's confident. I don't like. You see him on like Twitter and like Instagram. Like he still looks like he's enjoying his game. It just seems like he needed a goal. And as we said, he's coming. Like he's starting to show a bit more promise. I still think he looks like. It's not, this is not a negative thing because when you're 19, you know, you're only young, aren't you? But he still looks immature in the way he walks, in the way yeah. like, he carries himself. Like, I don't know whether it was because he was tired, but like, I don't know, yeah, like his arms, like, like he's, your, he is, yeah. he's awkward, yeah. isn't he? It's, yeah, I, I awkward, think, definitely. I think definitely, I mean, I can't say this for sure, but I think fitness is probably, yeah. he, he, he does struggles. look to tire towards the end yeah. of the games. Like you see Calvert-Lewin chasing the defenders and closing them down and, mm. you know, he's getting there and, and I think Keane's a bit like, a bit, you know, he's a bit laboured in it towards the end, and you think that yeah. definitely affects Still him. Still looks like he's growing into like his body. That's well. what I mean, though. Like, like it's, it's too big for him, or not big enough. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like I he, don't, he's I don't not—he's not like gangly or anything like that. But yeah. he's just like because he's not massively tall, is he? No, yeah. no. That's what I, I was—I'm thinking that like if maybe that's got something to do with his fitness issue, not like some kind of chibi was always like that. Like, yeah, I think when playing, he was growing, 
with another striker helps him as well, though, because I think yeah. when Silva was there, he was either out on the wing or up front on his own, wasn't he? And yeah. I think playing with Calvert-Lewin, you know, he's only a young lad himself. They're probably, like, you know, pretty similar, aren't they? You know? yeah. I don't mean as footballers, but probably, you know, similar experiences coming with the youth teams into the first teams and stuff. So yeah. it probably helps playing with someone like that. He's, like, sort of, I don't know of a mate, but, you know, he could be sort of mates, do you know what I mean? Seemed to have a bit more of understanding last night compared to the past few weeks Definitely, as well. Yeah. Whereas Calvert Lewin struck up a partnership with Richardson last night, him and Keane linked up pretty well and probably could have helped each other for two or three. I mean, no wonder he was knackered after goal. He must have done about five different celebrations <laughs> in one. You see that? Yeah. Fair play to him, though. Um, pretty didn't count for five, wasn't it? I know. I mean, there was plenty of contenders for man of the match. I mean, I I thought Morgan Stadlin was very very close to man of the match. I thought that was one of his best performances. He even showed a bit of emotion at one point, didn't he? Did, did he? he? Shouting at him. No. I think it was Walcott or Sidibe because he did didn't he? come close enough when he was trying to pass one to him. And I was like, bloody hell! He played a couple of nice through balls or yeah. over the top balls, which yeah, yeah. worked as well. Yeah. Well, that's it. I, th- I thought him and Delph in the first half, they were probably maybe a little bit too deep. Yeah. But then as the, the half went on, they, they were they were taking the ball off off the Newcastle midfielders in their own half or. You know, turning and, and getting it forward quick, and, and I like the way Walcott and Bernard were, were picking it up on the half turn and, and and running at their defence, and and that's what you want. That's what you'd associate more with, like say Andre Gomez or something like that. But it's good to see Delphine Snyderland doing that because that's what we signed Snyderland for in the first place, wasn't it? So, I've always said like, it sounds like a bit ridiculous, but Snyderland plays well when it's going well. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, but is it going well because he's playing well? Yeah, I don't know what I mean. It's it's like the balance. I don't know. I'm not saying he was like, mm. like the whole catalyst for our performance last night, but it seemed to to be that he was, you know, a big part of it. And do you see? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I thought he played quite well. Uh, I thought he played. Much. Why why can't he do this every game? I, I don't. That's the curious case of Morgan Schneiderlin, isn't it? <laughs> like he's he's an enigma in in himself. And as I was going to say, then like he played. I thought out of him and Delphi was the standout of the two. He but was the one who was making to look like things that, were that's happening. A, when you said then about them over the top balls, he played two or three to Keane, where it was just he did it. He dropped two behind or just two in front. He had one to Walcott, I think it was in the first half. That was just like about half a yard out of his reaching. If Walcott taps it first time, it's I think it might have been one 0 at that point. But he played really well. But I think standout was Bernard. I don't think I think he was by far and away our man of the match last night. Mm. Absolutely brilliant again. Like he finds pockets of space that no one else in our team can. He drops in so well off the left hand side, and Dinier's not playing well, like superb this season. But he's still a shining light at the minute for me. Like he, one, with Richarlison now, he's our best player. Yeah, by far. I mean, Dean, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you're just expecting a lot from him. I think expectations are quite high, aren't they, with him at the but minute? To be f- to be fair to him, like he played well last night. He didn't play terribly, but for what we've seen last season, he's obviously dropped off quite a bit, hasn't he? Mm. I think him and Sadibi both played well yesterday. They were both getting, getting like I said, I think the the performance for me, I was really happy with it. Like I, I thought everyone like you can see a game plan and you can see what they were trying to do and like I say, Walcott was spinning in behind a few times early on and Bernard coming in from the left was a really good idea. I think he, he picked the ball up in, in between the, the midfield and the defence and you know, Schneiderlin was picking him out and, and, and Delph every now and then was picking him out as well and I, I the results just took a whole the whole shine off the performance. Um, but I thought as a team, to a man, everyone played well, to be honest. I mean, I, I gave it to Keane, me man of the match, because obviously he scored, and I think, you know, he, he stood out his effort and, and that. But it's just, it's just like, I know we're not supposed to be talking about that now, but them last two minutes just, 
can do talk about it. It's it's good therapy. They, they just <laughs> took the, the the whole shine off, off what I thought was was a really promising performance. Mm. Um, I can't really ask you about this because you's uh, you's missed it, didn't you? The obviously the goals, but Pickford's coming for some criticism, hasn't he? Is it is it justified or? I suppose if you if you missed it, I think he's. I, I mean, I haven't seen him, but I think he's getting made out to be a bit of a scapegoat at the minute. To be honest, Pickford. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was that much to blame for the for the goal in the derby, and and then a lot of people, yeah, like would disagree. Yeah, with I him. I agree with that. I don't think it was just that was just a really good goal. Yeah, I, I think I think he gets made as a bit of. I mean, the the, the second goal, it's it's pinging all over the place, isn't it? I mean, he shouldn't probably shouldn't have been so far behind the, the line when when he's when he's tried to stop the second one, but. It was just mayhem, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? There was arms and legs and feet everywhere. I don't think you can... I would personally, for the second goal, I would blame Tom Davis more than I would... It's um, a half-hearted jump, Pickford, yeah, because he, he sort of mistimes it and then and then he doesn't really do anything to correct the fact that he hasn't headed the ball, do you know what I mean? But, like I said, I don't think Tom Davis should have been there in the first place. It should have been someone who's a bit better in the air, to be honest. Yeah. Since that derby and the City game where Pickford left, the... I think the his use goals were pretty soft to be honest. Like the one that went near post and that. He played pretty well. Like he had that save last week against West Ham. He could probably bit bit routine compared to like the way someone making out to be, but he's played pretty well. But he sort of like now where he he's gonna play well because he need, he needs to solidify his spot for the Euros, you know what I mean? That's gonna benefit us. But he still has lingering problems that have been there for a while. And I'm a big Jordan Pickford fan, but if he makes another one or two, like absolutely brain fart at us before the end of the season we do need to have a conversation about can we turn his whatever comes in the summer in the Euros because he'll probably play well for England he, t- he seems to knock his performances up a level for the national team can we say turn that into 45, 50 million pounds and say right we're going to let you go now mm. to show that you can play for someone bigger and we'll, we'll, we'll replace him but then I think about it and I look at the bench I don't want to see Martin Stachelberg play seen that enough times he, he's awful and Jonas Lossel like what a mad transfer because he was coming <laughs> to one, he it? came in to be the number two and he's like found himself in and out as the backup rotation and you're not you neither of them inspire confidence at the minute to say well let's drop Pickford for two weeks and see how it gets on yeah I think I agree with that but I don't he know he hasn't got much competition has he? it was no. like it was the same with Coleman until Sadibi came in he, there was no competition for his place and I think when Coleman plays now, I think he plays better because he knows that he's got to try and f- f- get back in the team or mm. you know put a, put a show on when he when he plays. Um, yeah, and it's the same with Pickford. Like if he had some competition or more competition, maybe he'd be a bit more like you know I've got to fight for my place here. But then, do you really want to buy another twenty, thirty million pound goalkeeper just to sit him on the bench all the time? I mean, we're never. I don't think we'll ever get a profit from from the money that we paid them. who's gonna I, I that's why I mean I think this is like if you're gonna do it it needs to be say this summer where if he plays well for England someone will buy into the fact that he's played well for England right that's what that's that's the only reason the only way I can see him being sold for profit because what 30 million pounds at the time is gonna be after he's put England to the semi-finals of the Euros or something with two spectacular saves I mean the only team I could really I, I can't think of anyone in, in this league to sell to be, maybe Chelsea. Chelsea United. I don't know the is having a bad time of it. Maybe they're the only two, but abroad is a different question, isn't it? Because mm. the other keepers, who's Arsenal's keeper? Leno. Ben Leno, yeah. I suppose they might consider. Yeah, maybe he can play with a bit carny compared to what mm. they've got. It's a tough one. I, I've always said I, I like Pickford, and I don't. I, I'm not criticising him. I think he's 
he's a really good shot stopper. He's you know he's got quality. I do think he is slightly erratic and he's quite immature in the way he goes about. Sometimes I just think the honour of having England's number one keeper. I don't think it really it, it it exists. But do we really need England's number one keeper? The pressure of it, of like the microscope on 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 Pickford yeah, because that's what it is, isn't it? Sometimes being England's number one doesn't necessarily mean that much because you yeah. know England aren't that good really. Yeah. You know it's not I mean? got much competition. Let's be honest, the water. Um, mm. So I mean, I don't want to sell him. I don't want to go. I quite like him. I think you know he shows a bit of passion on the pitches and and like you know. He wants to win, and, and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a character, and he I, I like him. Um, I don't think he's made any sort of re- real m- big massive mistakes, um, apart from obviously the derby last year, year in the derby, yeah, <laughs> which is quite a big one to make. But I I don't think we'll sell him, and I don't want to sell him to be honest. Hmm. We'll see what happens with him. I, you know, as of right now, he is the Everton goalkeeper, yep. and he should stay the Everton goalkeeper yeah. till the end of the season because. And and Ancelotti's come out and backed him, hasn't he? And said that he he, he trusts him and he's you know he's the national team goalkeeper yeah. and he's not going anywhere. So well, anyone suggesting Lossell or um, Stecklenberg should come in? Um, just, go, just, just go back and watch Martin Stecklenberg when he played for Everton week in week out, and he was just an invisible man at times. Mm. And any shot Adam went in. He did save two penalties against Man City in one match. That's the only highlight that I can think of. To be honest. I, I I just see that picture of him playing against Valencia in pre-season where the lad hits it from about 25 yards and he's six yards off his line and he stood there and the ball goes over and he's got about 10 yards of space to hit the back of the net and he looks he looks an absolute joke. Is he coaching now? Is he like technically a goalkeeping coach? Well, did you see the thing about... I know his contract up at the end of the season. Koeman added someone called Martin Stecklenberg to his coaching staff and the Dutch team oh, yeah. and everyone got excited thinking it was actually him and it was just some random fella from Holland. But he's got to be because... If he's not the number two, he's got to warm them two up, hasn't he? Hmm. But. Well, we still like you, Jordan, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Did the subs contribute to us conceding two late goals? The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. What are your thoughts on Angelotti's subs? I don't think they did. I, I don't think you can put the blame on, on Angelotti for, for that the result I, I when he made the substitution to the time I mean fair enough I don't think he would have made brought the players on that he brought on if he had more of a choice but um, you know Bernard was tiring um, I would have took him off whether I'd have brought was it Tom Davies came on for him whether I'd have brought Davies yeah. on if I had another similar player to um, Bernard no I wouldn't but you know his, his, his hands were tied really weren't they and I think did, didn't he ask him on for Walcott yeah. I would have I would. I was more than happy with that change I thought you know Nias has got a bit of energy but were, they, were they not just like especially the Bernard and for Davis and Walcott and Nias were they not just a sub for sub C I don't I think Walcott and Bernard they, they were knackered yeah. they, they, I think they needed to come off um, Bernard I, I agree with Connor was really 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 good. He played really well. He was, I, th- I think he, he's really he's right about the space he finds and the pockets he fit, he gets into. But he he was done. His, his his race was run. You know what I mean. And I think Walcott when he went up front with Calvert, he, he, he didn't have. He, I mean, he didn't have much impact on the game. Anyway, but it, it waned even more once mm. he went up front. And I think I I think he was right to to bring the ass on for him. I don't think that con- that contributed to Newcastle getting back in the game if you like because I don't think they did get back in the game. They just just Somehow managed to score two yeah, goals. Yeah, you know, like I, I think apart from five minutes at the end of the first half, they, they weren't in the game at all. It wasn't like the pressure was mounting and mounting. You think, oh, this is coming, this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't think the substitutes affected 
the fact that Newcastle scored two goals. I mean, the only reason I'm really bringing it up, I'm not questioning Angelotti, I would, I would never do that. I just think after the Brighton game, I felt like after the subs Angelotti made, we, we let Brighton back in the game slightly more so than we did with Newcastle. I felt like Newcastle still didn't look like they were going to score when we made those subs. But Brighton, six defenders on the bar. No, exactly. But the Brighton game, I felt like actually they, they did look like they were going to yeah. score when we made those subs. I thought the Bernard one, if you can remember back, the Bernard sub against Brighton was a strange one for yeah. me. Um, so I just, I just a little bit concerned that it could become a common theme of... Like you said before, Tom Davis on the left. Like, what's that? What is that about? I'd, not I'd, a left midfielder whatsoever. No. I, 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 you said before there were the change of his changes. See, I think so because there was at one point where Holgate was holding his hamstring and it looked like he was going to come off for Michael Keane. Yeah, but I was thinking, all right, so if you're going to make the change, then bring Keane on and just solidify it now. And even if they have that one attempt where they get it long, you've got three centre half to deal with it. And if they get a corner late as they did, you've got three centre halves to match up against their three or four centre half, you know what I mean? But as I said as I said earlier, like he make he's only got a limited hand to deal with. But I I still think Anthony Gordon should have came on and just give him 10, 15 minutes towards the end to just show what he had against West Ham. Because if you bring a like like Davis as a winger, it doesn't work because the team then can then push up on that side, can't he? Because he's not gonna he he can't beat anyone breaking away on, on the wing. Like he's just not quick. He showed that when he started to turn round um their full back and went down and give away a free kick like five or six minutes after he come on. So you bring a winger on, they've still got to respect the fact that they there's an attacking player on the park. So I think that should have been the sub and then but you can bring Davis on as a centre mid to put his foot on the wall with them too and then just change it to a four five one or a five four one with Keane or Davis or whatever in Calvert-Lewin Umani Ash will never be the sub to make especially 2-0 up you don't need to bring a strike on a 2-0 up I mean someone behind me don't know who it was but I just said oh, why is he bringing him on and then the lad that was mate next to him was like oh, he's probably putting him in the shot window this is a 2-0 obviously Some, was- yeah I the exact same shout behind me like he's in the shot window but he's, he's got Four months left on his contract. Well, how much more does he need to be in the shot window? <laughs> Marcel Brand said at our AGM, we are looking to a solution for you, Marnie Ash. Hmm. If that's not in the shot window, what is? He doesn't need to play forever. I suppose if he'd scored the goal like to make it 3-0, people might well take a chance on him in January or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just... I, I understand where, where, where you're coming from, but like, I don't think Umani Ash had a direct impact yeah. on... Newcastle yeah, he's not score, not like to blame, score, but it's just it's just you know, it's just maddening, I, isn't it? I, I don't think like it's not. It you just look at games. the you look, when it when something like that happens. There's obviously fans are like, right, whose fault was that? We're yeah. blaming someone. So you know, you, Pickford's taking the brunt of it. Davis is taking a lot of it. Then you look at Delph. I'm, my, me, I'm, I'm looking at Delph more than I'm looking yeah. at Pickford and um, and Davis. I think just you look at the subs and say, well, how did that contribute to us not winning yeah, that yeah, game? That's what I mean. Probably didn't as much, but if Bernard and Walcott had stayed on the pitch, would that what result had stayed two 0 We'll never know now, will we? It's just it's, it is just one of them. It's like maybe Ancelotti's right. Sometimes there's things happen in football that you just can't control. That was, I mean, that was one of the worst endings to the game I've ever been at a club. It was worse than the bar one a few years ago. If you remember that, the which one? The Denver bar one against Newcastle, where we scored that and the Chibi scored it, and they went the other end and oh, scored. Yeah. It was worse than that. It reminded me of. Um, I forgot about that one, but it reminded me when we played Norwich under Moyes years ago and uh, Basong scored. But oh, it, it, he God, literally, yeah. 
that goal was because Moyes made a stupid substitution where he brought another defender on and like everyone was like, Wait, where am I playing? Where am I playing? The song from scored. From a corner, weren't it? I think it was from a corner, yeah. yeah. It was a while ago. I just remember yeah. being deflated from that game and the exact same feeling. I mean, expectations now, Gary. Like, we've gone from 8th to 12th in a matter of minutes. We've gone from <laughs> two points off fifth to only still four points off fifth, really. Um do you think expectations have now been, from your point of view anyway, diminished for European qualification or are we still very much in the hunt? Obviously, mathematically, we can still do it, but... You, I, I never expected us to get into Europe anyway, to be honest. I know, I know, like, we had a few good results and people were like, oh, you know, we're back in the chase for Europe now, but I never really expected us to get into Europe anyway. I just... We, we just need to have a, a strong, strong finish to the season and... and Take aside those crazy two minutes. L- look at the performance. All right, it wasn't perfect, but there's a lot to build on there. And my expectations haven't been like dampened at all. Really, I, I still think we can have a strong finish to the season. I mean, obviously, it's it could affect the players. Could affect. It's going to affect the fans. But you know, go back in and and go again. Do you know what I mean? Do what we did for for ninety three and a half minutes or whatever it was. Mm. And. In the next game, and all right, Watford have done half half well lately, but there's no reason why we can't go there and, and win. And then, you know, it, it's all forgotten. Newcastle's forgotten about then, isn't it? And, and we we kick on and go again. I I, I I was happy. I wasn't happy with the result, but I was happy with the performance. And I think we can use that and and, and move on. Mm. What are your thoughts on it, Connor? Yeah, um, as you say, mathematically, can finish anywhere from about fourth, like eight, like sixteenth. It's mad, like how choppy the middle of the park is at the minute. Last night, I say, like just a blow for me. But if we go to Watford in a week and a half time, whenever it is, and get a result there, then you're thinking, all right, well now we're so and so off fifth again, and you're looking at thinking, well we've got like Palace after that, and then we've like Chelsea, United, Arsenal, and a few runs. But they're not the teams that blew, have blown us away in years past, are yeah. they? So I, I still think we can. Not, we need to have it. We need to. We just have to have a strong end to the season because there's no cup to play for, is there? So you you still need to like have something to set set your set your got uh, set as a target and then work off on the something. Because then we say we do finish fifth and get in Europe or someone wins the FA Cup and it drops down to sixth or seventh, however it works these days. And you're looking at like thinking, right, fair enough, we're in the Europa League and we've got to play four games for we're in the group stage. But let's do that because then it helps signing players, doesn't it? Mm. And as the club have said, we need to be in Europe. We, we we can't not try and say oh we're going to compete with the top four and not be in Europe year in year out whether it's Champions League or Europa League so expectations for me just strong end of the season and give Ancelotti time to assess the side and who he wants and who he wants to get rid of if Europe comes great if we finish 10th whatever we've sacked the manager gone through Duncan Ferguson this caretaker ended up with Carlo Ancelotti let's just rebuild for next season I mean, for this season, me personally, my expectations are just at a, after last night at a complete low. Just, just as in, like, we could obviously still finish in Europe, but I'm just making it, you know, so that I don't expect anything. Whatever that I can't be positive. I can't be disappointed then, can yeah, I? Yeah, you should never expect anything with Everton. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if Everton was your girlfriend and she kept cheating on you like that, you, you would, would never go back with her, would you? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, all right, well, we'll call an end to the podcast there because... There's only so much I can talk about last night <laughs> before I want to slip my wrists. Um, so, lads, thank you for coming on. It's yeah. uh, it has cheered me up slightly. To be fair, like I say, it is it is good therapy and good talking think about of the it. Positives, think of the no, positives. No, I, I am I am thinking of the positives, but 
if we'd have gone to eighth last night after that 2-0 win, You're I buzzing. would have been bouncing. I would have been like two points off, like say, two points off fifth. Um, you know, we we played the likes play. of United coming up. We played likes of Watford. We can take points off them. Now we're just back in the mix with everyone. And it is disappointing. And only time is going to tell now against Watford how we're going to yeah. react, aren't we? Which is disappointing because we haven't got a game coming up on Saturday, Sunday. We've got to wait now. Um, to the first. You know, a, week, a week and a half, isn't yeah. it? Um, so I'm doing the DIY on Saturday, Sunday. I don't know about you, you're doing, but Where? staying away from all <laughs> football matters. Um, and I'll get back onto it um, next week. Um, with probably a Wofford preview for the fan podcast. So, Gary, thank you for coming on. Connor, thank you for coming on. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.